broken and beaten, our heroes are scattered. Lost and alone, their hopes are all tattered. Their home has been conquered, but their fight is not done. They must mount a strong defense while still on the run. Their task will be hard, but still they must try. So sit back and observe. The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. Lazy, January has just told you that it's time to get Chirp a new body. I mean, you've only been here for a day or so, and you didn't even know that Chirp was here. So he leads you out into the protectorate space, and you get more of an idea of how this place is laid out. You can see that, well, over, you know, just your last couple of days here, you were kind of confined to the same spot, just checking on the people you came with, looking over your newfound friends. And January leads you through their base and you see that there is a main central area and coming off of it, like the spokes of a wheel are hallways. And he, as you kind of get in the center, he says, um, we've set up a pretty good little base of operations here. Um, a lot of your friends from the, beho- well, Actually, all your friends from the Beholders I made it. Aldalar's here too, but everybody's kind of... We've got a lot going on right now. We're, the the church is gearing up for something something big. We don't quite know. We have some intelligence, but uh, first things first, we need to get your team back together and get everything you guys will need to, to help in the oncoming fight. I'm going to take you down to where Swifty is, and we're going to get him, and we're going to go get chirp um she's not how you remember her it'll be clear in a minute but let's go get let's go get swifty okay swifty you are in um a different area of the base where um they've got the people that were recently rescued from the fighting pits and they're tending to wounds and checking you guys out and you've gotten all of your stuff back at this point they were able to salvage it from where you were being held. Sweet. They've basically given you your own room at this point. You've been there a little bit longer, um, but they've still kind of kept you all separate. A lot of the people from the fighting pits were naturally pretty combative and antisocial after the experience there. But they've got you and Douglas, your own room. Uh, Douglas still does not leave your side. And you've got your your new pet bird, Chirp, who lives in Douglas's... Bows? Uh, yeah, I guess so. His hair, really. But there's a knock at your door, and January enters with Lazy trailing right behind. Wow, Swift, you made it! I am not dead! <sighs> I thought everyone died. It's good to see you, buddy. You came with the cat, man! <laughs> yeah. Is there is more people alive? I think everyone's alive, he said. We're going to go get Chirp. We should kill Barry. I think so, too. I haven't Chirp got- is dead. 
I have a new chirp. He lives with Douglas. This is Douglas. <laughs> Swifty, listen. January said that Chirp is alive. We need to go get her. Uh, Douglas gives you kind of a half bow, lazy, when he said, this is Douglas. Like, you, you kind of just kept talking, but he just like, mm. <laughs> This is okay. Douglas is the strong, silent type. <laughs> Let us go investigate this Chirp imposter. <laughs> January leads the two of you uh, back down and out the hall. To I would the, like to try picking January's pocket as we walk out. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> as as he's leading you out, you you try to pick his pocket, and Douglas comes out behind you guys. I got a ten because of the reliable skill. Okay. Plus. Sleight of hand. Do, 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 do. Ten. So twenty two. Jesus. I have a very strong sleight of hand. <laughs> <laughs> very nimble hands. <laughs> you reach out and are easy able to easily go through January's pockets, but all he really has on him are a small brass key and uh, like 15 copper. I'm going to leave the copper, but I'm going to pull out the brass key and hand it back to January and say, <laughs> January, you drop this. What is it? <laughs> he, he takes it from you and he says, uh, I don't remember taking it out of my pocket. Um, It's just the key to my chest back in my quarters. You should be more careful with your stuff. He puts it back in his pocket. He's like, it's usually pretty safe in my pocket. I should have made a wax impression of that. <laughs> Real quick while you're walking to the home. <laughs> do, 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 do. So the four of you enter into the, the main center area, and he leads you down one of the other hallways to a small briefing room is what it appears that they've got it set up as. Uh, there's a, a desk and a chalkboard and... There's a bunch of stuff written on it. Um, as you come in, he offers you a couple of seats near the desk, and he offers a seat to Douglas, but Douglas just kind of looks at it and almost looks a little mad because the chairs are made out of wood. What <laughs> and does he, Douglas look like? Douglas is a nearly six-foot-tall tree. Oh, got uh, it. If you had to put him into a tree family, he would be like a oak Not tree. Not... A Douglas fur? No. no His name is just, just Douglas. Named after it. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of takes a spot in the corner and January says, okay, well, um, I'm going to go get Chirp now. And like I said before, she's not in the same shape as when you last saw her. Just don't freak out or anything. But we've been assured by Tomash that this is Chirp. If it is, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Okay. January leaves, and as you guys are sitting there, you're just <laughs> sitting in silence. I'm just waiting for Chirp, like, anxiously, like, oh, my yeah, God, we're... I get to see my BFF. Swifty's not sure how he feels. He's thinking that the last time he saw Chirp, she was a bird person with a sword in her chest. <laughs> so if they take the sword out, she'd be a different shape because she wouldn't have a sword shape sticking out of her chest. <laughs> That's a weird kind of object permanence. Yeah. <laughs> so a few minutes later, January opens the door and into I stand the room up. walks a small marionette boy uh, with a gem, a bright blue gem. Is he controlling the marionette? No. <laughs> okay. Marionette's walking of its own accord. Uh, it's actually kind of limping because it only has one good leg. Is it dragging strings? Are there strings attached? Mm. Do you have strings on you? <laughs> no. Ain't no strings on me. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was not a very, it was kind of garbage doll. Didn't have any strings on it when I found it. 
she is leaning on a. No. I know that it's chirp because I've seen this <laughs> in her house before. I freak out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's leaning on a crutch that appears to be made of goblin spears. And as January, how long has it been? Uh, it's been about a month and a half. Oh, okay. And you're looking even a little bit more worse for wear than you were when you came into the protectorate's uh, protection. I would like to stand up and say, January, you have been fooled. This is not chirp. This is a small doll. <laughs> I run over to Chirp and give her a big hug and I'm like, I never thought I'd see you again. Well, I've been waiting for you guys. I've been uh, stuck. January says, um, yeah, Chirp showed up about a month and a half ago at one of our entrances here in the catacombs and luckily Penny and Tomash were there on watch, but she showed up she showed up with like thirty children. Most of them street urchins and kids that appear to have been living in the catacombs. I love urchins. They taste great. <laughs> hey, Swifty, you might know some of them. <laughs> some of them may be uh, kids Afraid that have of run, you. <laughs> run errands for you. Oh my god. The kid that you made pee, pee his pants, that's Sam. No way. <laughs> yeah. After that day, he he decided to start standing up for himself and become became a leader of children. Oh, Sam! <laughs> He's the leader of the Lost Boys. Oh God! <laughs> but yeah, January says, yeah, the uh, the kids are, are pretty tough. It seems they were living on the streets for four four or five months almost when Chirp found them and and brought them to us. When she first showed up, uh, we were all pretty skeptical, like like you, Swifty, that this was Chirp. We, oh, it's we all me. Tr trust Tomash and his considerable I believe you. magical talents. Um, and he recognized her right away. How tall are you? It's like two feet. <laughs> Little. Okay, so I'd like to like get down right in front of you and put my, my snout right up to your face and try to look into your eyes and see Chirp in you. <laughs> and after a couple like hard 30 seconds or so, as as you're I looking, I convince myself. Well, I think technically I'm in the gym. <laughs> That's what does it. <laughs> okay. And right I in, believe you. <laughs> right as you said, she says that uh, the bird. The little canary that's up in Douglas's bows flies down and lands on her shoulder. Chirp, meet little chirp. Aww, chirp Junior. I, I look at it. I was sad when you died, Aww. so I got another one. This makes me so happy. <laughs> you cannot have his body. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'd want to be a real bird. But we should get you a new one, because yours right now looks bad. I really need a new body. I'm... Where, where's Barry? He owes you. I'm uh, waiting for him, too. I've been waiting January, for all of you. January pipes up and says, um, well, uh, about that, um, Barry's being kept in quarantine at the moment. Sweet, that'd make it easy to kill. No, uh, nobody's gonna get to go in. Nobody's going out. Uh, they told me that we what need quarantine him. Is. You said building on fire. You don't have to come out. We don't have to go in. <laughs> January uh, looks at you, Swift, and he's like, I know you're not being serious, but... I have been killing people <laughs> for six months to kill that one guy. To... I am pretty serious. <laughs> he says, well, to burn this whole place down super, just to kill Super, super serial. Would not do you very much good because he's not here. Oh, yes, that is a flaw. <laughs> 
He says, until the, well, all of you cool down a bit about it. I'm not going to tell you where he is, okay? I'm glaring at January. He says, this was not my decision. I don't care. Did I get my network of contacts back with all of my stuff? No. Oh, boo. <laughs> the streets are not exactly safe for people to be running around and <laughs> passing notes and shit. I also glare at January. <laughs> January says, okay, let's let's just move on to what's important. When Chirp first showed up, we knew pretty much right away that we were going to have to find a way to get her a new body, and Tomash went to work at once researching different ways. We were able to secure a pretty good library of uh, magical tomes and books, history books, and just uh, save them from the church. But he's been he's been studying pretty fastidiously for the last month and a half, and he, he's been trying to learn how to reincarnate some. But even with his, his considerable power, it just seems to be out of his grasp. We believe we know somebody who could who could help us with that. The only problem is you're going to have to go and find him. I don't know how much help I'm going to be. You're going to go outside of the city. We've, we've got a tunnel secured to get you um, past the walls outside of most of the danger. Um, but once you get into the forest where you're going to be coming out, there, we can't really guarantee your safety until hopefully you find Damaros. <gasps> Damaros? Yes. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Chirp, you would have already known about this. I mean, they've... What is it, Damaros? For a while. Only the sexiest creature alive. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't meet her last time. <laughs> he says, yeah, we have been able to kind of nail down the general location of uh, of where he's taken up residence in the forest, but like I said, it's it's probably going to be a little dangerous getting to him. So I'm gonna really have to ask you guys to do me a solid on this and keep Chirp alive long enough to get her a new body. Okay, I, I'll protect that Chirp. I'll protect that little tiny marionette. Wow, while I am happy to be reunited with my friendy Chirp. Tactically, this does not seem like can a good plan. Can I carry plan. Chirp? Am I strong enough? Yeah, I'm going to be pretty slow. Tree. Yeah, can I carry Chirp? Keep up. We're also traveling with a tree who I don't imagine is super fast. You would know that Douglas, when he wants to, can move. Can I ride on Douglas? I want to ride on Douglas. No, Douglas immediately steps up and just reaches down with a couple of branches and pulls Chirp up into his boughs and kind of wraps them around uh, and just kind of stands there. Douglas will protect the little puppet Chirp. Sounds good. And, just give me and, and a little short bird bow. Chirp. January says, uh, Do I get my weapons back? Do I have my stuff back? Yes. Can I fly? Yes. Oh, yeah. Penny uh, had in the last my month necklace. and a half, they've, oh, they've nice. brought you all your stuff oh. back. I mean, they retrieved your body and they gave your body a good burial. Oh, good. <laughs> January says, well, I would love to send 20 people out with you, but at the moment we're a bit shorthanded and I know that you, well, I know the two of you can take care of yourselves and all you have to do is get to Damaros and I'm sure if you run into too much trouble, he should be able to help you. Okay, point me in the right direction. All right. I do okay. not say okay, but I am willing. <laughs> January gives you a map of the woods that they've been able to suss out and the right direction to go at least. There's a pretty big chunk of the map where it's like he could be here. So you're going to have to do a little searching around. But he takes you down to the tunnel that leads up out into the forest. And he, he says, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to let you guys just go for it. I've got a lot of stuff to do. January? Uh, yes. 
What is the Damaros? Damaros is a tiefling druid. He helped out the Beholder's Eye a while, uh, months ago. We don't all share. <laughs> he was framed for burning down... So I, I don't really know the specifics. I just know that he's a powerful druid. Okay. So he powerful. was framed for burning down some forest, and we helped him with another burned down forest, and then he turned into uh, an Ankylosaurus, and then Lazy rode on his back. Oh, and his uncle died. So, so I am gathering from this story that we should not burn down the forest. Never. Well, not well. It no. It would be an efficient way to find someone, however. Douglas, Douglas smacks you up the side of the back I'm of the head. I'm sorry, Douglas. I'm, I'm sorry. It rustles aggressively. They are not people. <laughs> January says, yeah, from what Tomash could figure out, it sounds like um, druids have interesting life magic that um, should be able to reincarnate chirp. So get at it. And he pushes you all. I'm already walking. What time of the day the, is it? The door behind you. Uh, you're in the catacomb, so it's hard to tell. But the they have a few, you know, timekeeping devices, and it seems to be like mid morning. As you guys make your way through this tunnel and out the other end into the forest, you come out into a small grove of trees and Douglas looks instantly happier, kind of like all his leaves perk up a bit, and he just looks to be moving a little bit faster in the fresh air because you guys have been underground for a while now and he's been stuck in fighting pits for <laughs> the last six months. As you get into the forest though, you see on the map that the area immediately surrounding this exit is pretty clear, but once you start getting towards where Damaros is, there have been patrols seen. I'm gonna want everybody to roll me stealth and survival checks. That would be 18 for stealth and 12. 22 and 12. 14 and 12. You guys collectively did well enough. <laughs> We're all very stealthy until we die. <laughs> you guys are able to move through the forest at a pretty good pace, especially with uh, Douglas leading you, kind of. He takes charge and tells you guys when to stop, and you see that this area of the forest is being patrolled by what looks to be members of the Church of the Open Eye uh, and these very large beasts that kind of like a, a rat if it was the size of a hippopotamus with a head that is just tentacles. A uh, rat the size of a hippopotamus. That's the body. <laughs> Did, how long is its tail? It's a tentacled go there. Short stubby tail. But you're able to <laughs> evade Can these Can me patrols. and Douglas hide very easily? Yes, Douglas just, just stops moving. just has to stand moving. still. Yeah. yeah. Do I need to hide now? Because I don't want to fight this hippo no, you rat. Guys, you guys are able to make it past these patrols. Oh, okay. And into the area of the map where it says that Damaros is possibly living. And you see that after going about quarter of a mile into the forest, the foliage around you starts to change a bit and become more lush and green and thick. And you realize that you're not seeing any patrols, but you're also realizing that since this forest is shinier as yeah, as well, and as you were coming through the forest up until this point, you didn't hear the sound of animals at all. So what made it easy to get past the patrols, you heard them coming really easily. But now you start to hear some bird song and various woodland noises. And as you guys press on a bit more into the forest, you come to a, a pathway that seems to be leading deeper into this 
kind of central area, you can see through the trees that it kind of opens up into a small clearing. And if you had to make a guess, this is probably where Damaros lives. It looks like the best, most vital, or well, most. Um, okay, lazy. I think do a perception check. I think this is either it or it is a trap. <laughs> yeah, I go up to the edge of the the open field area and do a perception check. <laughs> I don't see anything. Nineteen. I have a high vantage point. Yeah. How tall is Doug? Six, Six feet. feet. <laughs> Bigger than me. <laughs> from from the vantage point of, I guess, seven feet up, eight feet up, since you're like two feet. Well, I'm not uh, on top. I probably am down in the foliage a bit. Yeah, true. You look around and you, you don't see anyone, but you do see a couple of deer in part of the forest. Um, you see a squirrel. You see all of these animals and usually like any one part of the forest would not have this kind of density of animals well there's a lot of animals down there you guys i just turned into goofy (laughs) (laughs) you guys you guys know the damn ross so you go first (laughs) i walk out into the field Welcome, loyal listener, to Inside the Player's Studio with your host and Dungeon Master, Andrew. Hey everybody, it's DM Andrew. I'm here today with the amazing Amanda. You may know her from Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen or this very show as Damros last season. Uh, We were very lucky to get her to come back and reprise her role. And I don't know, we had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun with it. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So uh, first question, Uh, what got you into podcasting? Uh, I know you've been on Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen for a while and uh, seems like you guys are having a lot of fun with it. What, What got you into that? Yes, we've been doing that for nearly a year now. And I was serving this group of people back when I was a bar wench. And they were talking about 13th Age and Dungeons and Dragons. And I was talking to them about that. And then the next thing I know, they had sort of uh, pulled me into this podcast idea that they had. And we just ran with it. Nice. Yeah, I remember the last time um, we had you on, I think it was before, it was like right before everything was coming out for you guys. So yeah, uh, I think we might have had maybe the first team meeting where we were talking about just the first ideas for it and things like that, but it wasn't something that had actually gotten off the ground yet. Like I don't think we recorded our first episode until a couple of months after I recorded with you guys. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome to have seen you guys like show up and, have a good show and see the support that you guys are getting out there. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really exciting. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, The TTRPG podcasting community is this fun little bubble, I feel like, on the internet where we all protect each other and try to give each other as much positivity as possible. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, So if you were a ranger in real life, 
what would uh, what would your favorite enemy <laughs> enemy what would your favorite enemy be? And uh, I mean, basically, what I'm asking with this question is, what in life would you love some sort of attack bonus to? In your daily life. I <laughs> would be a terrible ranger. <laughs> I have I have like a negative sense of direction. If I have a 50-50 shot at deciding whether left or right is the correct way to go, I will choose the wrong way 90% of the time. I am I roll disadvantage on navigation constantly so you'd, um, you'd have a very low survival <laughs> score <laughs> oh gods yeah um for for anybody who's listened to dungeon masters test kitchens pilot episode where we play uh the end of the world uh, rpg where you play yourself in the apocalypse and i am <laughs> so squishy and my reaction to everything is i lie down and die like i just <laughs> i have no survival instinct and i play tabletop rpgs to play somebody who isn't me uh which is why i like playing rangers because i would be a terrible ranger in real life uh so i took a quick scroll through like the monster manual and i was like what what could i possibly have a bonus attack against in real life and the only thing i could come up with was like oozes <laughs> i think it's the only thing i have an advantage over oh goodness <laughs> everything everything else would just end me like i'm a lot i'm a lot of bark and no bite like i i could maybe outsmart an ochre jelly or a gelatinous cube but that's about it <laughs> so uh I've interviewed a few people for this season now and everybody interprets that question a bit differently. And uh-huh. <laughs> I think it tells you <laughs> a lot about them is because <laughs> I try to explain to people like, no, it's like real life, like anything in real life. Uh, but I, I think most people just go back to their role playing default and like, well, mm, aberrations suck pretty bad. And <laughs> it's like, well, I meant like anxiety, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like getting a plus two on anxiety rolls would just fuck with. I have, I've got a good equilibrium with anxiety at the moment. I just don't want to throw that out of whack. <laughs> right, right. See, for me, I would want advantage against tiredness. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh my God, if I could just. You know, oh man, if I could be an elf and only have to, you know, meditate for four hours a day, that would be very nice. <laughs> or like, hear me out, uh, a pocket dimension nap room? Hell yes. Hell yes. yes. Outside of time and space. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just need long rests all the time. <laughs> so I think I already know the answer to this question, but what would your animal companion be? So you think you know the answer to this one, but you don't, because oh. I already have two. I already have two cat familiars, and I've been playing a lot of Diablo three. And my favorite right now, I'm. I'm if, do you play Diablo? Have you played Diablo? Oh yes. Right. So um, I'm playing shockingly the ranger, um, <laughs> who has like the wolf companion. And I'm using that one right now just because it's a little more powerful. But my favorite companion is the bat companion. So I would have a bat companion. Oh, hell yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bat would be awesome. See, I. It would. They're super cute. They're super sweet. They're like rats with wings, rats with dragon wings. Like they're just, yeah. they're so cute, so <laughs> sweet. And everybody thinks they're a bad omen. So like, I love them. Yeah. It's like having a black cat. Which I have two of. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, for me, I've, I've always wanted a raven. Not mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. A blackbird, not a shitty crow, but I want no, like a, a giant size. fucking yeah. ass raven. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not only because they're one of the smartest birds, but they're just badass looking. Like when you, they are s- magnificent. I, or uh, I went to Job Corps in my youth, <laughs> and uh, the dumpsters outside the kitchen. We all had to do kitchen duty like once a month, but the dumpsters outside the kitchen had like ten full-size ravens that would come and just <laughs> sit around the dumpsters and pick through them. And I remember the first time I came out to put trash out was just like, whoa, holy shit. And they just stare at you. Like, they are <laughs> they don't give a fuck about you. They just yep. stare at you. And it was like, it was the most intimidating thing. And since that day, it was like, I'd have one of those as a pet. <laughs> yep. Little, little tiny dinosaurs. Exactly. Exactly. That, and I mean, if you train them well enough, they can talk. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're uh, oh. they have uh, it's more of a mimicry, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. They can learn how to make make words. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's there's they're one of the few bird species. I don't know. I'm kind of a nerd about that. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, same reason I'd have an African gray, but they're uh, parrot. Mm-hmm. But they can actually like form sentences and yeah. No, they're brilliant. There's borderline thought on whether or not they're doing it as mimicry or if they're actually putting it together themselves, but mm. that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, so what other TTRPG or just general podcast do you think more people need to be listening to? Well, obviously, I think people need to be listening to Fetch Quest and oh, Dungeon yes. Master's Test Kitchen. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but if you have like a lot of TTRPG in your podcast stream at the moment and you want something that's a little more true to life, but also hilarious and told by two incredible women, then I think everybody needs to listen to My Favorite Murder, Oh hell which yes. is, I've been listening to it daily for a while and they just bring me, Karen and Georgia just bring me so much joy and they talk about mental health issues and uh, their own personal issues with mental health and addiction. And they're just so much fun to listen to. And they talk about um, true crime and murders and the victims of those crimes in just such a great way. And I can't say enough good things about them and their show. Hell yes. Yeah. Uh, the I have, I'm not a huge fan of the... Um, true crime podcast i just haven't been listening to as many podcasts anymore uh mm-hmm. but uh i really like their style i like the way they make you they're they're one of those podcasts that makes you feel like you're with, sitting there with them oh listening 100%. to that conversation rather than just being talked at yeah so yeah and i've been trying to get carrie into it because she's a huge uh true crime 
podcast fan, but she mm-hmm. she'll pick one up and then she just has to listen to it from the first episode until it gets current, and then she yep. drops it for a while and picks up the next one. <laughs> I'm still working on that. I still have. I think I finally got into their 2018 stuff, so I'm I'm, I'm catching up, but I've still got there. a ways to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, we've re- we've reached the end of the road here. Uh, where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you want to promote? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. I am Commander A at C O M M A N D E R R A. And uh, just check out Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen if you're not totally sick of my voice yet. And uh, obviously, Fetch Quest. I play Dahlia, a husky German Shepherd cross, and we go on some ridiculous adventures full of dog puns and nonsense. Oh, and, so much uh, fun. <laughs> Yeah. It was probably, I, I was sad when that finished up because Oh, it I'm was, still sad that that's finished. Yeah. I love listening to that come out every week. That's, it's so much fun. It was the best part of my Mondays for a while there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff still gets really mad at me when I call it uh, Dungeons and Doggos. Yeah, it's what it's still labeled as in our our Discord channel. He hates that. The best part too is that Discord. We love it even more. Oh hell yeah! Uh, Discord. uh, It abbreviates all your channel names, so it's just labeled Dad. Every time I go into Discord, I see it. Hey, it's Dad. It's the best. <laughs> so <laughs> but, good. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming back and playing with us, and um, I. I think I have plans for next season to like try to do more guest stuff. Um, well, so I'll exciting. probably have you come back and do another episode. Um, but we're going to see where we go with it. We, it all really depends on how the end of this season <laughs> works out with everybody. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so until uh, next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. And now, a word from our sponsors. Greetings, interstellar travelers from Point Zero Star, a sci-fi RPG adventure with five humble Canadians as your hosts. Follow the crew of the Mary Shelley, Vinyl Flyway, Kays, Nix Nedra, and the daring captain, Rust Duckers. They're just trying to earn some thread and stay under the radar, but things haven't worked out that way so far. Look for Point Zero Star on iTunes or wherever you receive podcast transmissions. Podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous, and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting, which is probably the most important part of podcasting, because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere, nobody's ever going to hear it. (laughs) And we went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show, and while we had pretty good experiences with all of them, we found that Shortwave is the best fit for our show. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone. 
not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www.goshortwave.com, to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and episode-level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips, all in your browser. Again, you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. Welcome to Queer Dungeoneers. This is an unbearable experience. If someone was listening to this, they would say, this is pure silliness. <laughs> I'm going to turn animal. into a really big cow. Moo. It is Baramos of the Fourth Circle. Free me from this orb. Do you have Baramos in your bag? No. You can tell me if you've got Baramos in your bag. No, I've got rations. You've got Baramos in your bag. No, I don't. Nim, what have you done? Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. Get it now! I am great and nothing can hurt me. Hey everybody, it's your DM Andrew. I'm here to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, LibrisArcana.com. They are a dice service that does monthly subscription boxes with dice in them. Every month you subscribe to them and you get a new set of dice. Their dice are amazingly designed and some of the prettiest dice we've seen. We were very lucky to secure a sponsorship with them. So what they'll be doing for us is if you go on Libris Arcana and subscribe to their monthly dice service, uh, you can get 20% off your first month subscription by using the code BEHOLDER at checkout. Once again, get on there, get your first month subscription, and you'll get 20% off with the code Beholder. Put it in at checkout and you'll be good to go. So you see tons of animals, uh, a strange diversity that you wouldn't normally see altogether in such close proximity. And you see a stag sort of step into the clearing with sort of that deer-like hesitation. And uh, the, the sun glistens through the leaves and his dark brown coat sort of glistens with a a light purple hue where the light hits it. And as you watch and he approaches you slowly, his antlers start turning into those thick ram horns. And as he walks towards you, Damaros appears and says, Lazy, it's been so long. What what brings you here? We need your help, Damaros. Our friend... our friend has. <laughs> <laughs> what what can I what can I do for you? You helped me so much. I anything, name it. My best friend Lazy was murdered, and Yourself? we need help. Your I meant <laughs> I meant Chirp. My best friend Chirp. Oh, she died God. a little inside when it happened. I did die a little inside, a lot inside when it happened. It was very tragic. It's been a rough oh, six Chirp, months. I, I like Chirp so much. Absolutely. I will do whatever I can do. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I wouldn't have recognized you. Um. (laughs) We need to find her new body. So we need some reincarnation magic. I can probably help with that. 
Um, but first, are you are you hungry? Have you traveled? I, I know the woods are dangerous. It must not have been an easy trek. Um, come come eat. Yes, come eat. Please. And uh, he whispers things to the woodland creatures, and they go off to to put together a hero's feast for you all. Nice. Love it, Damaros. <laughs> that that gives him what HP and yeah. So a hero's feast. Let me find it. Are woodland critters morally okay with eating other woodland critters? <laughs> I mean, it could be vegetarian. I mean, I think that nature eats meat. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, they do. They just died of old age. Yeah. They sacrifice their elders. No, this is the ceremonial burial. Ashes to ashes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Heroes Feast. You bring forth a great feast, including magnificent food and drink. The feast takes one hour to consume and disappears at the end of that time, and the beneficial effects don't set in until this hour is over. Up to 12 other creatures can partake of the feast. You're going to gain several benefits. The creature is cured of all diseases and poison, becomes immune to poison and being frightened, and makes all wisdom saving throws with advantage. Its hit point maximum also increases by 2d10, and it gains the same number of hit points. These benefits last for 24 hours. Oh, nice. You roll a D, the 2d10? And then add that to your hit point maximum, and and you are going to be at your... You take those hit points as well. And then mark down that you're immune to poison and being frightened. And I, I don't know what kind of like health or effects you guys are coming into this with, but if anybody's been poisoned or is ill for any other reason you guys feel remarkably better after partaking in this this relaxing relaxing feast this feast is quite magnificent (laughs) it is it is the least i could do you guys made it so i could go back into town i've been able to return to settle my uncle's estate and make sure his shop is being run by uh one of my cousins and um it quickly became clear that my place is definitely in the forest and I've come back to to protect it and to protect all of those living in it but it has been so wonderful to be able to return to town and pick up the the things that I need I've been able to to fill my my uh, resource bags and it, it has been very valuable and I cannot thank you enough well that's wonderful yeah it's very glad to hear so while you're all sitting there uh, partaking in this feast, Douglas goes over and finds a nice sunny patch and just kind of suns himself. And a chirp, I guess you can't. I don't really know if I really could have eat. eaten. <laughs> uh, but I guess you, I hope you I still just, get the benefits. I get the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the spirit. <laughs> but nearing nearing the end of this hour, we, we poured one out for you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, nearing the end of this hour, I'm gonna have everybody make a perception check. Eighteen. 15. 17. 17. Wow, you guys are all really perceptive. <laughs> <laughs> it was that feast. So as you're all talking, there's kind of a, a lull in the conversation, and all four of you hear a loud snapping. In the distance, I guess, the forest, part of the forest that you're in with Damaros's influence has grown very thick and lush uh, and kind of buffers the sound a bit, but you would all be able to tell that it's it's shortly outside of Damaros's kind of ring of protection. Is it <laughs> And uh, uh, it sounds like it's it's coming your way. That sounds big. We're not frightened. No, I was just I making am. an observation. Oh. No, you're not. The feast. Do you all trust me? Yes. 
Yeah, I trust you. I don't trust no one, but okay, go. <laughs> and Damros whispers a few words and casts animal shapes. And he's going to turn each of you into a, um, a, a forest animal. Ooh. Does this require our trust? <laughs> <laughs> um, you had to be willing creatures. Okay, so I was willing, but I was not trusting, and my eyes are bulging once I realize what you're doing. Well, you're a frog then. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I will send, and I will drop this link. I think I've been a frog before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, lazy. Mm-hmm. You are going to take the badger stats, but you're going to be a raccoon. Ooh. Chirp is going to sort of take the form of a squirrel perched in Douglas. Oh, perfect. And she's going to take the rat stats. Can we still talk? Nope. You're all animals. I, I, am, <laughs> I am hopping about madly. <laughs> croaking mad, wildly. I'm running back and forth going and do that. Chup, 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 chup. I can use further actions to transform you guys into new forms. The transformation lasts for the duration for each target, which is up to 24 hours, or until the target drops to zero hit points or dies using the stats in your assigned stat block. If you if your wildlife creature uh, is reduced to zero hit points, then um, you revert back into your original form, and any overflow hits you take with your hit points. And so long as your normal form hit points aren't reduced to zero or below, you are not unconscious. Uh, you are limited in actions. It can perform by the nature of its new form. You cannot speak or cast spells and all of your target's gear melds into the new form. You cannot activate, wield, or otherwise benefit from any of your equipment. Uh, but you all look like normal forest creatures, so you're welcome. <laughs> Your hit points are one, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so seeing that, I'm running, I'm hopping over to Douglas and then hopping because I have like a 10 foot hop, I'm hopping up into Little Chirp's nest and hiding in Little <laughs> Chirp's nest like it's like a fortress. So now, now Douglas Very has, inconspicuous. has Chirp, Little Chirp, and a tree frog. Frog Swifty. Do you, uh, Damaros, do you uh, do you change as well, or do you stay as yourself? Damaros changes back into the stag um, using Alter Self. So um, using Alter Self allows him to still uh, maintain all of his characteristics and abilities and his hit points. He's only altering his image. He's not turning into a stag. Okay. Okay. Um, and he says, in the stag form, he says, wait here, and he's going to go investigate what that noise is. I just got the image of a talking stag. <laughs> like all oh, yeah. you get transformed into animals and can't talk, but then the, the stag's just like, chill, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damaris, as you trot out to the the edge of your, your territory in the forest, you see a few of those weird tentacle giant rat creatures and uh, the humans leading them. Is there a name for these things that I would know? Hippo rats. Gorks. Gorks? Okay. They're kind of sniffing around the area and they see you kind of at the edge of your 
your clearing and this same scenario has kind of played out a few times over the last Yeah, I, I six feel months. like he's familiar with the gorks. Yeah. How do gorks sniff with tentacles? They just rub their tentacles on the ground. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I figured they'd be like uh, actual octopus tentacles where they have like olfactory sensors yeah, all everything's along. up in there, yeah. You ever seen those moles with the weird noses that look like hands? <laughs> yeah. Yep, they're not great. <laughs> but this, I mean, this has happened a few times early in the uh, church's occupation of this continent there were times where they tried to encroach on your territory and you mm -hmm. easily dispatch them like they've they've learned to stay out of that area of the forest yeah but today is different because they they seem to be searching for something and they're getting a lot closer than they normally do even seeing you there and they they kind of go to one side or the other of the entrance to your clearing or to your territory and and I imagine the whole thing is sort of protected more or less by um, thorn walls, which he's able to produce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine you've laid up, you know, all sorts of magical barriers and yeah, different kinds of vine traps and things like that. Mm -hmm. But as they kind of split to either side of the entrance, there is that loud crack again and it comes again and again and the ground starts to shake slightly under your feet mm -hmm. you see trees starting to fall over coming your direction and pushing through and knocking over a few trees that come to rest just outside of your your territory there is a 15 foot tall what looks to be a pig kind of like a giant mm -hmm. boar kind of has that ridge along its back mm -hmm. and as it shoves its way through the trees and it's it's kind of huffing and puffing and you see... Is it going to blow my house down? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I realize as I said it. <laughs> its face opens up and segments out into four different pieces and from those pieces are just innumerable dripping teeth. Look like razor sharp teeth and it kind of slaps its mouth parts together and makes a couple of loud noises and starts charging directly for you. That's a wrap, people.